Sit tight. Coming up next, we've got evangelist George Carneal back in the house. Here we go. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. All right, we're going to jump on in. Everybody, welcome aboard. I uh, hope you all had a great weekend. Today is Monday, October 16, 2023, and uh, we're excited to be here with evangelist George Carneal. George, welcome back, my friend. How you been? I'm doing well, Shannon, and it's good to be back and good to hear your voice. I think this is the first show we've done this year. Is that right? I think so. It's been a, a long, Dang. crazy year. What's going on uh, with me? I should have had you on here a long time ago. Um, yeah, I think it's been about nine months, man. Well, I'll tell you, I missed you, brother. And uh, it's good yes, to hear your voice. Same here. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, Shannon. Hey, by the way, I got to hear you on our friend Dr. Jonathan Hansen's show, World Ministries International Warning. Uh, fantastic interview you did over there. Folks, have you ever well, heard thank it? Thank you, Shannon. When did you do that? About a week or two ago? It was about two weeks ago, and then he, we were doing a, a second part. We were going to do it last week, but the Israeli thing came up, and um, and he's having some issues this week. So we're going to hopefully do it Wednesday, do a, a part two of that interview. Oh, boy, it's going to be good, because I really yeah, it was uh, good. I enjoyed yeah. that. Thank you for connecting us. Yes, sir. Well, George, we'll get started. You want to open us up in prayer? Yes. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this day, and I, I just pray, Lord, that uh, you would bless Shannon and his ministry, Lord, and this broadcast. And I pray that every person who listens to this, Lord, that their hearts will be open to the message that is said, Lord, that their hearts will be tender, that they will really take a look at their lives, Lord, and that we all take seriously our salvation and get things right with you before it's too late, because time is short. And I just pray that our words will honor and glorify you, Father God. We give all the praise, glory, and honor to you and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. We pray and ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, I say amen to that. Now, George, for those that may not have heard you speak before, you've written a book and you have a powerful testimony. What is the name of the book? And tell us just a little bit uh, of the story there, what they might find okay. in the book. Okay. Uh, it's a book called From Queer to Christ, and you can find more information on at my website, which is George Carneal, C-A-R-N as in Nancy, E-A-L dot com. And I merely just share from the standpoint of someone who is struggling with their faith and a same-sex attraction to hopefully give Christians some insight into the struggle, uh, how to better be equipped to witness to individuals who are trapped in that bondage to expose the lies from the media from Hollywood even the liberal theologians and the LGBT activists to also give hope to parents who have children who are trapped in that lifestyle to know that it's nothing that God can't handle I was in that lifestyle for 25 years and God delivered me from that lifestyle I've been out of it for 16 years you can find freedom in Christ and lastly to the LGBT individuals to hopefully get you to listen to those of us who have been delivered and have come out of that lifestyle, that you at least listen to a different narrative and understand you are being lied to, and that when Christians are sharing the truth of the gospel, hopefully they are doing it in love, 
that you will know it's because we care about your soul and where and your salvation and where you spend eternity and understand that the liberal theologians are lying. And I would ask you to please read the book because at the end, I take all of those talking points of the liberal theologians and the LGBT activists, and I debunk them with scripture. And so I hope people will find freedom in Christ and think about eternity and not just your worldly uh fleshly pleasures and so it's overall just uh, some insight into the reality of that lifestyle and i hope people will find it to be informative and helpful so george this term that popped up one day in the media um took me by surprise i had heard it for a while i'm saying what are they talking about they say woke what's your definition of this term woke (laughs) hear about (laughs) do you want my snarky thought about it sure do you want me to, to be politically correct uh, no, just let the chips fall where they may. Um, the snarky side is is they're just narcissistic idiots who just have to jump on some bandwagon to feel important and are actually just harming people. But the the politically correct side is, is just people who are a little bit too liberal in their thinking and they really re- need to reexamine where liberalism has taken this country, what the democratic policies are doing to this country, as well as other parts of the world. Um, I, I know a lot of the LGBT activists will say, you know, Jesus was a socialist, and he, yeah, Jesus loved people. He was all about uh, making sure everybody had what they needed, and we care for others, and take care of the orphans and the widows and what have you. But the policies that are being pushed by liberalism and the democratic policy are policies that are against everything God's word stands for. So I'm hoping people will rethink their stance and their position, just like I had to, because I had liberal leanings when I was living in Los Angeles around a lot of liberals and being involved in the homosexual lifestyle. So God had to wake me up to those lies. Does that answer your question, Shannon? Yeah, I'm still kind of stumped with that word. I mean, when I think I woke up, I'm thinking about somebody was asleep, somebody shook them and they woke up. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's frustrating. Um, It's just really sad what has happened to our country and to this world with this woke liberal agenda. It's really destroying so many lives. It's not just LGBT, it's feminism, BLM, the CRT, the critical race theory, uh, abortion, anti-family, anti-God. It's just everything that God's word stands for. So I don't know how someone calls themselves a Christian, but yet supports a party that supports the very things that God's word condemns. It's it's confusing to me, but they are going to stand before God on Judgment Day, and they will give an account to how they vote. Absolutely. In fact, I've renamed the Democrat Party the Sodomocrats because they <laughs> they really um, seem to go along with Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, um, it's confusion. Um, so it is. And Shannon, I will say this: um, a lot of these people are jumping on all of these these causes oh we're we're all about civil rights and we care about people but if they ever stopped to listen to themselves they parrot the talking points and then they don't even see their own hypocrisy and then they accuse the conservatives or the maga people or you know everybody's white and racist and and you're sexist bigoted homophobic transphobic and we're intolerant But if you dare to disagree with them, they will absolutely try to shout you down and destroy you. They are the most 
intolerant, hypocritical people ever, two-faced, and you, you can't get them to see it. It's very interesting uh, how deluded they are. George, what is sad is that this has infiltrated the church. Why don't we start off uh, and have you give us an update on Andy Stanley and what he's up to now. Is that the guy who's one of the sons of the late Paul Stanley, the Baptist Church? Uh, Andy Stanley? I can't, I can't think of his father. I don't think it's Paul Stanley, uh, whatever, but he passed away, and then so Andy is his son. But Andy has gone down this liberal path, and he's really, at least from what I've seen in interviews, he's really pushing – let me – backtrack for a moment i understand where andy is coming from in terms of we want gays and lesbians in the churches they need to hear the gospel just like i needed to hear it but what he's trying to do is say as well it's okay if they at least what i'm gathering from him is that if they are actively engaging in sexual immorality as a gay or lesbian they can still lead or teach or be leaders in the church whereas he condemns anyone gay or straight who's in a marriage who is sleeping out with someone outside of marriage so that he will condemn and frowns upon but you can be sexually immoral and it's okay if you're gay or lesbian and what burns me up about it shannon is that when i was in la and as god was slowly taking me out of the gay lifestyle and i was put into a liberal church where it was a baptist church the pastor started to move in the direction that Andy Stanley is moving into, and they had a class for LGBT individuals. And I was really thrilled about that because it was great to be around others who were struggling with this issue. And I thought, great, at least we can find a support system. But as time went on, the pastor and the teachers in that class were really pushing everyone in the direction of we're under grace, gay is okay, that narrative. But yet, Shannon, as I would sit there uh, – I, at first, I got excited. I thought, well, great. God is going to deprogram me of the lies of the conservative Christians and show me that it's okay to be in a committed monogamous relationship and to be a homosexual. And I really thought, this is great, and God's going to put a good Christian man in my life. And I, I was sitting there just waiting for that day I would have the peace. But, Shannon, as time went on and on, I just – God was making me so uncomfortable, and I couldn't find any peace, and I would just sit in my car and cry. I was so tired and frustrated with dealing with the issue, and I went to God in prayer, and I sincerely said to him, Lord, if this is wrong under all circumstances, if you will have me know it and, and settle it with me, within me, um, I will still follow you. But if it's okay, give me peace, and I trust you'll put a good Christian man in my life because we all we all want to love and be loved. And God gave me the answer. And after about three years of listening to that garbage, three more years that I lost of my life, of my peace and my sanity, thinking that I could somehow make this issue okay and align with God's word, but God eventually uh, – through a series of events, and I talk about it in the book, I ended up leaving the church, left the lifestyle. And so when I listen to Andy speak, I understand his heart in terms of what he's trying to say, but he's truly looking at this from the wrong angle. Because while it sounds good to the Christians who are listening, oh, we want to be loving and be Christ-like and have people in the church, yes, we should be like that. But we still must call out sin. And so 
just like the actively engaged homosexual or transgender should not be allowed to lead or teach in church. Neither should a man or a woman who's committing adultery or people who are gambling, drinking, smoking, looking at pornography. You know, God's word calls us to live up to a certain standard, and we are to try to be holy. Not that we're perfect. That's where God's grace comes in, but we are not to trample on that grace. There's a certain way that we should conduct ourselves because the world is watching us. And so Andy has missed the mark. And I just get tired of the way that people like him present this information and they play on the heartstrings, but they're not calling out the sin or calling people to pick up their cross and follow it and to adhere to a certain behavior and a set of standards that God's word calls us to live up to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you know, um, so it's frustrating. I think that, uh, it's not only with the, the subject of LGBTQ, but, um, across the the swath of just sin all types of sin that can keep a person from going to heaven if they die in that sin um, the churches at large don't confront sin they're not dealing with no. um, fornication adultery you know this whole list here First uh, Corinthians 6 9 through 13 knoweth ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God be not deceived what they put at the top of the list? Neither fornicators. You know, we got mm-hmm. a lot of people, George. I know some of them that call themselves Christians, and they uh, they're under the delusion that they're saved, going to heaven. Yet they're living with a boyfriend or girlfriend, not married, mm-hmm. having sex. That's fornication, as far as I know. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers. We got we've got pastors and TV preachers who have been caught in adultery. Folks, these are sins that will take you right to hell. I fornicated before. I'm sure many have out there tuning in. I was even an adulterer at one time. If I had died in that sin, I would bust hell wide open. I knew better. And we're not calling these sins out, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. I mean, folks... We've got sin in the church, and this is just uh, an ongoing problem. But for Andy Stanley, uh, Charles Stanley's son, I had to look it up, what Paul Stanley, yes. I think that was a radio show. Right, Charles. Charles. You know, he's one of the um, most well-known Baptist preachers of all time. Uh, I think I visited his church one time when I was living in uh, Atlanta, or maybe not. I know it was over at Wyuka Baptist Church, downtown Atlanta, mm-hmm. but at any rate, um, those are supposed to be the people that are preaching the gospel, you know, sticking to the word. And they're not perfect as a group. Like, I don't know any denominations are perfect, but for his his son to depart from the truth, um, there's a real shakeup, it seems, to be going on. Um, yes. Even the Catholic Church, you should see some of these priests that have got YouTube channels now. And um, I was just curious. I went over to look at one or a few actually, there's a couple of these guys, and uh, Vatican's not happy with them because they're calling out the Pope and they're calling out many of the cardinals and they're saying, you're destroying our church. Uh, you know, the, the Pope is embracing LGBTQ. And uh, they're saying, hey, where, where's the standard anymore? Yes. You're allowing all sin just to come on into the church and stay in the church and not calling it out. You're going to destroy the Catholic Church, uh, or what some of these guys are saying. And uh, 
they may lose their credentials. Uh, you know, the Vatican has power. They can kick you out. Um, but somebody's got to speak the truth. Because many people don't want to touch these subjects. They're just too sensitive or they feel the, the backlash. But God have mercy. Um, we're loving people right into hell is what we're doing, George, for any of these sins yeah. if we don't call it what it is. And, uh, you know, it's confusion in the land. I saw this, uh, I guess it was a TikTok or it was a Facebook um, short my wife had up on the phone last night. And I laughed at part of it, but it was shocking. Somebody is filming this six-foot-tall black man who's in a dress, and he's got a beard, and he's trying to get into the woman's bathroom. And there's a, uh, a short lady with her daughter, and they're trying to stop the man. They said, my daughter needs to go in the use the bathroom. Well, let me in too. I'm a woman, he said. You're not going in there. You're not no woman. He said, yes, I am. <laughs> and there was a, a guy filming it, and he was a, he was a man. He was calling out to this uh, a transvestite. I don't know if that's even the proper term. This guy, he identifies as being a woman, and he's clearly not a woman. Um, yeah. And there's this whole argument about um, personal pronouns. I've never seen any insanity like this in my life. It is. And, and for uh, the women who who are incensed about all of this, and, and especially the men who are invading women's sports, if you vote Democrat, say nothing. Don't even open your mouth because you have contributed to this insanity. That's right. The Democrats aren't saying anything about it. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's uh, people that are culpable on both sides of the aisle, but this is primarily a, uh, a Democratic agenda. But mm-hmm. it's gotten into the church. And, uh, go ahead. I've seen Lutheran churches, Episcopalian churches, lesbian women up there yeah. as pastors. What the heck's going on? One by one, these churches are falling, backsliding back oh, well, into hell. Over to you. Yeah, you have you have drag queen pastors, and I've seen. I saw one video of a Catholic church, I believe it was, where drag queens were dressed up as nuns attending the church. It's the insanity. And the other thing that, uh, with regard to Andy and these liberal pastors who push the uh, "we're under grace, gay is okay" narrative. I know of a, of a man who knew of a woman within our church. She was sleeping with several men within the church. And he said to her, how is it that you justify that? Don't you have any conviction? And she said, oh, we're under grace. I can do whatever I want. This is the wow. insanity. This is – There's. I'm speechless at that, but that's where we are. I mean, the church, it's a sad state. And it's even sad when the pastors know better, but they would be – they're more worried about offending people than God. And so when I say to pastors or people that I meet or deacons and tell them about my ministry and they will say, oh, we have so many people in the church who are struggling with this issue, whether it's the parent or just Christians trying to figure out how to navigate this or LGBT individuals. And they will say, we're going to have you come in. Maybe you could speak and, and share and, and, and help us with this. And I never hear from them, Shannon. It's really sad how compromised the church is. You know, what's sad is uh, this is went beyond, you know, live and let live. Um, many people are militant in this movement. Yeah. And they're looking to force this on everybody else. 
Have you been following what's going on in California? To some degree, yes. And California is, and, and we should all keep our eyes on California because the things that they do there will eventually sweep across the U.S. But is there something in particular you want to address? Because I'll tell you a couple of things that I know about. So I don't know if they if the governor there has signed it in law or not, but I heard there were bills there ready to ready to be pushed through that would give the schools the authority to take a child in grade school, for example, who maybe express some interest in being the opposite sex, and they can take that child and facilitate getting them a sex change, and they don't even have to tell the parent. They, and if you if you go up against them and say, no, I'm not going to let my child uh, change their sex, they can actually take the child from you. Have you heard about that? I didn't know it was already at that extreme point. I knew that it was that it was a, a sanctuary state, and I don't know if you know about the. I think it's the James Younger case with the little boy Jeff Younger, or anyway, oh, one is the boy it. and one is the father. But the mother, who actually fled to California because uh, he's out of Texas. Have you heard of this case? No. What do you know about? It? Oh, you should get him on uh, on your show. But the father has spent, I think well over a million dollars in legal fees but the mother wants to take one of the little boys and trans um, do the transition to female and there was such an outrage that the governor got involved I believe and they ended up giving the son back to the father because I think the parents are separated I think a feminist judge got involved if I remember this correctly and they've given the son back to the mother and she has fled to California. And at least the last I heard was he didn't know where she had taken him. And I think after a certain period of time, if there's no interaction between the parent and child, they can say that there was abandonment. And then that will give her full authority to then start transitioning her son. And this this has been on InfoWars. It has this has been a national case that has been discussed. I even have information about it on page two of my website. But parents really need to take stock and look at this. And, that, and, and this was in Texas, which is a, a pretty much a red state. But, yeah, they – as far as I know, I think the Democrats are really pushing to where at some point – and I think Hillary Clinton even said this, that the children should belong to the state, that they should know – that they pretty much know better and what's best for your child, not you. And they are slowly stripping the rights away from the parents. Additionally, um, I can't think of his name. It's Weiner. He's up in San Francisco, I believe. Scott Weiner, maybe. Uh, but they were trying to push a bill through to where if, for instance, Shannon, if you had a son that was 14 years of age and I was 24 years old and I had sex with him, I couldn't be charged or put on a um, a sex offender list because it was within a 10-year age gap. So they're slowly trying to push the pedophilia side of this as well as it used to be that if you knowingly slept with someone and you and you were HIV positive, it was a felony in California, and now they've dropped that down to a misdemeanor. It is tyrannical what is happening in California, and just people I know there who are very frustrated, especially the conservatives, People really need to be alarmed by what is happening in California because if they get their way, if these activists get their way, 
they will eventually try to push for the legalization of pedophilia under MAP for minor attracted persons or P for pedosexual, put it under the LGBTQ plus umbrella. And then if you ever dare to speak out and balk at the fact that grown men and women want to have sex with your children and grandchildren, you risk being arrested for a hate crime. But this is their ultimate goal. It, it's it's insane and it's it's just this this perverseness and how anyone could listen to this broadcast if they have voted Democrat ask God to forgive you and repent and get the word out with this broadcast and have people realize this is not about Trump it's not about Republicans but we're looking at the policies of a of that are being part that are being pushed in the Democratic Party and so if this all of this enrages you and you vote Democrat you can't complain God have mercy on our country we're in some serious trouble look at what's going on in America of course abortions continue unabated transgenderism has become the order of the day they're giving children sex changes what are they going to add next P to that list P for pedophilia I mean, mm-hmm. what about they're, R? They're for trying sex to—they're actually robots. trying to declare pedosexual as a sexual orientation. That's currently where they're trying to man, to manipulate the language to uh, eventually get this legalized. This is sick, and we don't think God's going to judge our country. This is confusion at the highest levels. I I even get confused sometimes when I look at uh, pictures. Um, there's a couple of the banks in America. I don't know if it's Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or U.S. Bank. I saw it. I bank with all three just to have a backup in case they pull one. But the point I'm making here is you'll go into the login screen or log out, and they'll have a picture. And for the longest time, it was two girls, and one of them was kind of like uh, uh, it was two lesbian girls. But now this one that they've got is they've got a black lady, and I don't see anything wrong with her. That's okay. But there's a, a taller female, which is clearly a woman with a butch haircut and tattoos and Ray-Ban glasses that is trying to be a man. So what am I supposed to make out of that? That this is okay? I mean, look at the ridiculous picture of that guy, and he's Jewish, which is very sad. He should know better. Uh, but he, he's one of the cabinet ministers. I think his oh, name yeah. is Rachel Another. Levine. Yes. And dressed like a a man from the waist up in his uniform as an admiral, waist down a dress, pantyhose and slippers, lipstick, half man, half woman, and then they got something that's androgynous next to him. It's a man with lipstick, ball headed, in a dress, mm-hmm. and he also likes to uh, Still, people's luggage at the airport. They got them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say that, Shannon, but I'm glad you said it. True. Well, you know, I think they fired him from uh, whatever cabinet position he had. There was a very, uh, I think, well-known uh, black clothes designer, and she said, "That's a dress. That's that's mine. It was like a one of a kind. It was on him. He had stolen it. <laughs> Apparently, he had gotten her suitcase. He was looking for some ballroom dresses." I mean, this is confusion. <laughs> what am I supposed to make? What are we supposed to make of that? Hey, let me tell you though, it went beyond homosexuality uh, to um, all this uh, transgenderism of every flavor, and now 
transhumanism. Have you looked into yeah. this transhumanism? They're trying to change our DNA and splice it with animals? Yes. Um, there's um, some, what do you have to say about yeah, go ahead. where we may be going? This is getting bizarre. Well, it's not just that. I don't know if you know this, uh, Shannon, but as far as bestiality is concerned, the bestialists in German are, Germany are demanding that the laws be overturned so they can legally have sex with animals. But Spain recently did pass a law stating that it is okay to have sex with animals. This is how crazy it's getting. God it's mercy. just absolute perversion. And how any Christian sits there and thinks, oh, this is okay. You know, let's just love is love. Let's everybody get along. We want to, you know, Jesus is love. They never talk about God's wrath or judgment. It's just always the love. And let's just all get along and sing Kumbaya and hold hands and say nothing. It, it's it's maddening. This is diabolical. I don't know if you or yeah. others out there tuning in have seen this movie yet, but it's called Creator. And uh, I looked at the trailer and if, if it had any hint of being blasphemous, I wasn't going to watch it. But the trailer looked like a sci-fi, and I said, I'll go watch it. And I went, and the whole premise of this movie is there has uh, been an acceleration with AI, and uh, the robots uh, nuked much of America, so we're at war with the robots. That's the premise that's in the trailer, so I don't want to spoil it. But at some point, man and machine are able to procreate. And you have this man who's with a robot hybrid, and they have a child, and he's going to try to save this child, which uh, humans are hunting to kill. And it's supposed to be like the, uh, um, the birth of a new race. And the whole thrust of this movie is they want you to accept this as normal as this is the evolution of mankind and a part machine, human hybrid. And I think there's some people that are really pushing for that uh, and doing some bizarre experimentation. I don't know how far they've gotten, but going back to, you know, these injections where they're changing DNA, the, cap- the, the, the capacity to do that with this mRNA, uh, these people have an agenda. And um, I don't think we've seen anything yet. They want to turn people into literal beasts. Back to you. Well, Shannon, I was going to say, um, I actually saw an article where, I don't know if you've heard of this, but they are now trying to create artificial wombs. And I actually saw a photo. It's like a lab of where they have these artificial wombs to where men or where they can create these artificial, I don't want to say artificial babies, but what they're trying to do is basically just eradicate women. Because once we can successfully uh, take a man's sperm or we can do what we need to do with these artificial wombs and then start creating babies from it who needs a woman anymore and I know that they are now creating uh, these these I don't know if they're AI robots or sex robots but where men can have girlfriends who are these lifelike women and they can order what type of woman they want and what she looks like i mean slowly it's just the eradication of women and so with the whole transgender movement and when the men pretending to be women taking over women's sports and invading their spaces at the end of the day who's going to going to need a woman anymore but if we look at this from a biblical perspective where 
you know, when a woman is giving birth and we know that God creates that individual in the womb, he knows us when he forms us in the womb, it's really an affront to God. But they're trying to do everything they can to just completely twist and pervert all of this uh, to the point of really just thumbing their nose up at God and giving him the bird. That's pretty much what they're doing. Look at what Satan's doing. He's attacking all mankind. He wants us all dead. We've got Klaus Schwab that says you're all nothing and be happy. And he and these yeah. globalists are trying to reduce the world's population. They've got too many people exhaling carbon dioxide. They don't tell you that uh, we're on the list, the final part of that to check off and annihilate. You know, let's get rid of the cows first because they're burping and farting. Let's get <laughs> rid of the nitrogen. And let's lower the greenhouse gases by getting rid of cars and go electric. But at the end, they got to kill you and I, too, because we also exhale carbon dioxide. That's why they want to get us down to like 500 million. But Yeah, but Shannon, you notice that they talk about all that. Notice they won't go and kill themselves. They're so absolutely arrogant, and they think that they are God and that they are above what they call us to be. Uh, their name for us is useless eaters. They want to kill us. They want to limit what we can do and restrict our right to own uh, guns or to have a big home but never mind their carbon footprint with their huge mansions it, to have a, a border wall is racist but they can live behind gated communities for us to have guns to defend ourselves from criminals or even the tyrannical government is a, a no-no but yet they have armed security to protect themselves they want to talk to us about cars and the gas and, and the emissions but yet they take their limousines to the award shows they fly on their private jets these are they are such hypocrites two-faced but it's rules for thee and you know you know not for them they just want to do what they want to do this is how two-faced and hypocritical they are they are we must absolutely try to defeat this new world order say no to it resist it own your guns don't turn them in use cash when they tell you we're not accepting cash anymore do not take the mark of the beast we must fight them at every level absolutely we're live with evangelist George Carneal, if you're just joining us. Because uh, the common denominator with all this is Satan wants to kill every last one of us. He wants us to abort the children. He wants us to stop procreating, confuse the sexes. He wants to starve people. Uh, he wants to um, get people not to marry and have any more children like is happening in Japan. You know, there's nations like Japan that if things continue as they are, the people will go extinct. There are more elderly now, like uh, 60 yes. to 40% than there are young people. Many are not having sex. They're not having children. They're not getting married. And the population of Japan is dying. There's other places like that too around the world. And um, what's going on here? The enemy wants to kill every last one of us. He'll use any means that he can. He wants us to kill one another. That'll hasten it biological weapons. Folks, we're at war with the enemy who wants to destroy mankind. I'm looking at a picture on my screen. I pulled it up. Uh, Megan Fox. Pretty girl. I won't deny that. She's in the new Expendables movie. But this girl is a witch. Self-proclaimed witch. And there's many of these ladies in Hollywood that are witches. Giselle is a witch, by the way, that was married to that baseball player. Um, 
So a lot of these Disney girls are witches. And the, the reason I'm bringing her out here is she's with her former husband, which was a guy named Brian Austin Green. Remember him from Beverly Hills 90210? And yes. uh, mm-hmm. they had a couple children together. And there's some photos circulating around. She's forcing her children or letting them, whatever the case may be, dress like girls. I'm looking at one little boy. He's dressed in a um, um, a dress that comes out of one of these, um, what is this called? Not a little red riding hood. Um, it's one of the princesses from one of the mm-hmm. Disney stories. Bottom line, dressed like a girl. And they ask, what's going on? Why are you allowing your sons to have feminine garments? And Brian Austin Green says, hey, I don't have a problem with it. I don't care what people say. If they, they want to wear a dress, let them do it. They're just having fun. Yeah. They're not harming anyone. Are you kidding me? This is how it starts. Yeah, if, you look at, if you look at Will Smith, Charlize Theron, um, Gwen Stefani, um, there are others... I, I think they also allow them children, their children, to do that gender bending thing as well. Oh, no. And it's almost like it's a badge of honor. Oh, hey, you know, you know, my child is very gender fluid. Or if I have a trans child, it's almost like, oh, I'm so wonderful and notice me, and I'm so politically correct and woke, and I just love everybody. And they have no idea the harm that it's going to do to that child because people are so narcissistic. It's almost just like, notice my trophy. My child is trans, but they have no idea what that child is about to go through. There's, and Sharon, exactly. if you don't mind, can I just quickly address yes. to, the, to those who are, in, who are thinking about going down the path of transitioning? Yes, or if please. you know of someone who's going, I'd like to quickly just highlight a few things so they can wake up to this madness because this is what the media is not reporting and what many of the medical professionals are afraid to say. And I'm going to try to use very clean terms, but bear with me. For the female who decides to go down the path, they first of all don't know how much the surgeries are going to cost. It's going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars for several surgeries that must be done in order to transition to male. Additionally, once they start taking the cross-sex hormones, they have to have a hysterectomy because the testosterone, if, if they don't have their ovaries removed, they can up the risk for ovarian cancer. So once they do that and then have their breasts removed, they will literally sh- clean your arm like a chicken bone, remove all of the flesh to try to fashion this fake penis. And then you've got to have a surgery where they use a pump so you can get that thing to pump up. I'm not even sure anyone has successfully been able to urinate out of this, but they risk the damage of damage to the urinary tract as well. And not to mention that once the males and females go on the cross-sex hormones, they already up their risk of blood clots, strokes, and heart attacks. For the men, once they have their penis removed and the fake vagina is fashioned, they have to dilate that thing several times a day for quite a while, for even up to a year. And I know some of the former trans individuals have been complaining. They're tired. They're crying. They don't want to do it anymore because if they don't keep that thing open, the body sees it as an open wound and it's going to try to close it. And if somebody stops doing that, pretty much I think their only option is a colostomy bag in order to 
have their waste come out or the urination. But the other risk to the surgery is, is that if during the course of the surgery, if the doctor just happens to accidentally puncture the anus area. So in other words, once their fake vagina is fashioned, their feces will then come out through the vagina. And I've heard one guy say that because we know the female vagina is self-cleaning. Well, he was talking about how it was so hard to keep the area clean um, that bacteria was building up. And he said the stench was so bad that even his boyfriend was going to leave him. And I've heard some of them talk about how if they don't do the dilating with the device to keep it open, what happens is, is some of them have had scar tissue to, to develop deep within the fake vagina and it starts to close up. They've had to go through and have the surgeries done again to open that back up. And so they talk about the pain, not only that, the pain of having sex. And I've heard both men and women talk about they just don't even want to have sex. They can't even have orgasms. Now they've gotten rid of their penis, and it's not like a bad tattoo. You can cover that up, but once you have a body part removed, that is it. These are just some of the highlights of what people are not being told. There are so many risks, the botched surgeries, the infections. I know of one female, she had a botched surgery transitioning to male. And she has since had over 30 plus corrective surgeries. This is the nightmare of their lives. And then what the activists will do is say, oh, the transgender community, their suicide rate is high because Christians and people don't embrace them and you're harming them. And it's all a bunch of lies and it's a guilt trip. What they don't realize is is that so many of these individuals who needed our empathy and compassion, they needed prayer, they needed counseling, they need Jesus. They don't need cross-sex hormones and cross-sex surgeries. They need the right kind of counseling to help their mind match their body, not go out here and be a guinea pig and do plastic surgery to have their surgeries or their body match their mind. These people need help, and now a lot of them who are detransitioning are saying we should never have been fast-tracked through this system, we should have been given counseling, and they are exposing how quickly they'll go into a therapist's office after one session, be given the green light, they'll go down and they'll meet with the medical professionals, and they start being fast-tracked to uh, doing the transition and being put on the cross-sex hormones. And in the meanwhile, these medical professionals are becoming wealthy off of these individuals because now they have created lifelong patients that have to come in and continually take the shots, the steroids, the cross-sex hormones, whatever it is, and they are wealthy. And these people are left picking up the pieces to their lives. And this is what is not being discussed in the media. And lastly, when the next time somebody tries to leave a guilt trip on you about this, understand the gay and lesbian suicide rate is higher than the heterosexual counterparts. It's because that lifestyle is destructive. It is, it is a, a sad, lonely lifestyle at the end of the day. And I'll go into that in a moment. But if you look at the transgender suicide rate, if you look at Europe, where they fully embrace the LGBT agenda and most countries are very liberal, their suicide rate stats are comparable to those here in the U.S. So it has nothing to do with Christians or people not affirming it. It has to do with you're never going to peace and doing, have peace doing something that God's word, word deems wicked. And as far as the transgender issue is concerned, God does not make mistakes when assigning our gender. And so if there are Christians out there who are supporting the democratic policies 
that are pushing this LGBTQ agenda, what you are doing is saying, God, you made a mistake and we're going to correct it. And I would hate to be you on judgment day. Christians better start waking up and realizing you're not going to get away with this when you stand before God on judgment day. You are harming these individuals. I spent 25 years in that life. You can't argue with me. I've seen the casualties of that life, the sexually transmitted diseases, watching people drop dead like flies from AIDS, something they still don't talk about to this day. They've kind of hushed it and thrown AIDS under the rug. Not to mention when you go and meet strangers because you're trying to have sex with people and you risk being raped, robbed, drugged, murdered. These are this and so much more is part of what you are pushing these people into and on top of that into further rebellion against God. This is why they are depressed and suicidal. Why so many commit suicide. I attempted suicide. I know the feeling of helplessness and hopelessness in that life because the community by by and large is a broken community. There are people who are hurting and they do need our prayers, our empathy and our compassion, but they do not need to be affirmed and pushed into this lifestyle because I know you will not find peace because it is a youth oriented culture. And for the young gay men, especially when you go into it, it's going to feel good. And you're having all of this sex and you feel like you belong. And I get it. That's how I felt. But within three years, I was depressed and suicidal, attempted suicide. I was on drugs. I was battling alcohol. I was a a prostitute. And it would still be another 22 years before I realized I've spent 25 years in this miserable lifestyle and I didn't find peace that they allege that you will find at the end of that gay rainbow. At what point are people going to wake up and realize and look at even the domestic violence rates? I just recently heard of a report in 2019, I believe it was, where 72% of lesbians who were married were divorced because of domestic violence and infidelity. It is a promiscuous lifestyle. And so I'm not downing the LGBT community, the heterosexual community has its own issues and problems as well. But the point is this, God's word is clear that it is an abomination and it goes against everything that he stands for and what his design is. And for anyone to support the democratic policy party that's pushing these policies and you call yourself a Christian and you hear this today, you will not stand before God on judgment day and claim ignorance. And I believe the accountability is going to be higher for you because you knew the truth, you heard the truth, but you chose to deny it. We must help these individuals and let them know the only freedom that they're going to have is in Christ. They must come out of that lifestyle and know that freedom is waiting for them, that their life is not revolving around their sexuality, that God has plans for them, and he will fill the void in other ways and use them. And we must sound the alarm because I am passionate about this because I have LGBT friends in that lifestyle who refuse to hear the truth, who believe the lies of the liberal theologians, and I'm concerned for them, and I don't want them to die and go to hell. And that's what infuriates me about these woke Christians and people like Andy Stanley and all of these other woke pastors who stand in the pulpit, and they won't speak the truth. They're going to stand before God, and they are going to give an account to him for this. Absolutely. Well said, George, because they're enabling people to die in their sins. Instead of calling people to repentance who commit any of these sins, they're enabling people to continue that lifestyle which is going to take them right into the pit of hell rather than bringing them to repentance and getting them help deliverance is is sorely needed in the church um 
I found a really interesting article, um, New York Post, that was talking about the story of ex-Navy SEAL. His name was Chris Beck, and he came out as a transgender, and he started to go through the transitioning. But he was taking hormones, and he said, uh, it destroyed my life. He said, I would have gone about my life and never said a word, but right now there are doctors doing surgery on 12-year-old children, I'm quoting this, who underwent facial surgery and breast augmentation. Chris Chris did. He said he was uh, gender dysphoria. He said he often uh, described himself as feeling of unease over his birth gender. But he said he was authorized for hormone therapy by the Department of Veteran Affairs just after one meeting following his 2001... 2011 retirement and took the treatment for four years. He said, I was never transgender, male to female or female to male or anything. He said, for me, transgender did not exist. I had gender dysphoria and I had unnecessary surgeries. And rather than allowing him to figure out what that meant, he said clinicians pushed him into medical treatments that ruined his life. Now, he since reverted back to his given male name and uh, he's engaged to a woman. He was having mental issues. Uh, yeah. He needed he needed help, therapy, deliverance, counseling. But he said, you know, after just one visit, he said, uh, 12-year-olds can, can't get tattoos. They can't drink booze or anything. But Beck said of teens like California's Chloe Cole, who began identifying as a boy at age 12, started using puberty blockers and testosterone, testosterone treatment at 13, underwent a double mastectomy mastectomy at 15 before transactioning transitioning back to a female they have not fully developed as humans and anyone who has ever had a child knows this we can't allow these doctors to butcher these children so Beck uh, is sharing his story about what happened to him now he ultimately decided not to undergo genital surgery thank God yeah, thank God. And he's urging anyone considering <laughs> facial or so-called top and bottom surgery to gather as much information as prior possible prior to speaking to gender clinics uh, who he said are rushing children into transgender surgeries. And uh, this one uh, girl who wanted to be a boy, they cut off her breast. They put her on hormones. Now she's a woman again. She wants to have a family, and she's been told she'll never be able to breastfeed. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, Cole is warning people to slow down. We're not saying here it's okay to do this, folks. This is sin. It'll bring death. This is Satan wanting to mutilate you. And even worse, they're doing this with like a Zoom call or two, uh, and children are being rushed into this, and they haven't even went through puberty. And they're waking up. One that had went through this transition surgery, this guy turned into a girl. He goes through puberty. He's all of a sudden attracted to women. He wants to be a boy again, but it's too late. They cut off his balls. Mm-hmm. And gave him a vagina. And she- Back to you. No, I was going to say, there was another study that actually said most of these individuals 
if they can get through puberty and, and once they hit around 18, 19, 20, they push through that gender dysphoria. About yes. 80% of them do. And I will say, Shannon, when I was a preteen, and I discussed this in my book, but I did a media interview with a woman that was the same way. She said that when she was a kid, she was very tomboyish. And I, of course, wanted to be a girl. And I put on my mother's high heel shoes and stuff like that. And I struggled with my own dysphoria, I guess you could say. But we both were so thankful that we grew up in the 70s where this wasn't talked about, or we both believed that we would have fallen for this and had our lives destroyed by this. But we both pushed through it once we got through puberty. And now she very much loves being a woman and dresses, whereas enjoys wearing dresses. And I love being a man. And just to think that a 12, 13, 15-year-old could have their lives destroyed because these adults are allowing them to make life-altering decisions. This is such seriousness. And if people will go to YouTube and just type in transition regret, and simply listen to these young men and women discussing what they went through and their heartbreaking stories, it will infuriate you. And I also want you to know that on page two of my website, I have a lot of information under the transgender section that that will help as well should you wish to share that with those who are thinking about going down that path or those who affirm this and support people going down that path. We must sound the alarm. This you, All it is is plastic surgery. Sexual sin takes many forms. As we mentioned, fornication, adultery, pedophilia, homosexuality, bestiality, addictions to porn, uh, raping people. Confusion, though. Mm-hmm. How do we get to this situation where it's becoming the order of the day? Every network you turn on, there's a homosexual man on there. Um, or there's a lesbian woman or now they went beyond that now you've got LGBT like Rachel Levine a man that says he's a woman and um, and then they want to force you in universities to start uh, teaching these new pronouns apparently I mean dear yeah. God I would show to think what my kids got to go through an English class used to be he, she, it, they, we now what's it going to be? 27 other varieties? I mean, this is confusion. And, you know, and, I mean, you get shocked. They'll say, well, we've got our next guest here uh, for our program, and they they, an- they announce that it is a, a woman, and you see them pan to the guest, and it's a man with a wig dressed in a woman's <laughs> dress. I had a problem a long time ago where they started to get rid of the term husband and wife and started to use the term partner. Yeah. What is a partner? Are they married or not? What's wrong with saying husband and wife? And um, what was really bizarre is I saw another picture. My wife showed me last night of this. Um, okay. You see a picture of what's supposed to be a man who is pregnant. Well, we know a man can't get pregnant. But it's actually a woman who's pregnant, and she identifies as a man. And she's supposed to be the husband. And the the wife is a man that's identifying as the woman. I'm confused just trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> it's just the level of narcissism and mental illness that can't even be 
described. That's all it is, Shannon. It's absolute insanity. But again, this whole agenda, if we look at the agenda behind this agenda, the bottom line is this. They hate God. They hate men. They hate the family unit. They hate women. The Democrats hate free-thinking black people. They hate free-thinking homosexuals. They hate women who are conservative, who won't think and buy into this feminist dogma and this victim mentality. They hate free-thinking individuals. And if people would actually read the Communist Manifesto, you will see that the Democrat Party is a communist party, and they have pretty much, whatever their tenets are, they've pretty much pretty much almost accomplished all of their goals. And especially when we were talking about Japan and the declining birth rate, men are walking away from marriage. It's just a either a trap or there's no benefits from it the court systems are stacked against men and the children and you know they try to pit men and women against each other blacks and whites against each other and the globalist new world order agenda communist manifesto it's really divide and conquer if we can have all of you fighting with each other it will be easier to control you i mean uh, you hit it right on the head it's insanity and it's demonic possession Mm-hmm. Um, the DSM manuals used to call it a mental illness. Now they say, no, this is normal. And um, it's just become ubiquitous everywhere we look. We've got to be the laughing stocks of the world. What do you think the Russians are thinking when they come over here and look at uh, this Rachel Levine and they see um, all these tra- uh, transgenders in the military? I mean, this is crazy. Something like out of MASH. Remember MASH, the old 70s show? Yeah. 90 had the guy seconds. who was trying to get yeah. a discharge, dressing up as a woman with a lipstick. And we have guys dressing up like women, comedians. This is not funny anymore. Uh, the enemy is attacking the family unit. He's attacking our country. He's trying to destroy mankind. And uh, how did we get to this level of insanity in America? This is bizarre. Even thought of same-sex bathrooms. And seeing this huge, tall dude, sixty seconds, dressed like a woman, trying to get in the woman's bathroom, and this young mother's trying to protect her daughter, needs to go in there and pee. And she says, "You can't be going in there with my daughter. She needs to use the bathroom." Well, yes, I am. I'm a woman. Let me in. This is bizarre. How have we gotten this wicked in America? And Shannon, we really have to put a lot of the fault where. It- the blame where it belongs and that's on the Christian the church in general Christians have acquiesced to being told what to do from society instead of standing up against it and we've just allowed them to steamroll over us and dictate to us what is moral what is immoral what is right and wrong and just throw God out the window throw the God's word out the window and until Christians until the Christian community in this country truly repents for our wickedness and for the state of the church, maybe God will hear us and give us a reprieve, but I think it's just too far gone. And I think we are soon going to be under judgment. You hit it right. The The church has compromised. Yes. And it goes way down, deep, and long time ago. And uh, it just get wax worse and worse. I have a theory, and that is as we pervert the truth, sexual perversion is not far behind and as the church does not call out sin and just says you know let's all just love one another and come with your sin and stay with your sin well you get what we see out there Uh, the church has lost its salt 
And you can't tell people in the church from people in the world. They're all doing the same thing. And we got a problem here. And you know, we're not helping the people that are under demonic attack by telling them it's okay to stay in that sin or any of these sins we're talking about. I'm not just trying to single out homosexuality, but fornication is first on the list. Drunkenness, adultery, idolatry. These sins will send any of us to hell, folks, if if we die in the sin and do not repent. And the good news tonight is God didn't create you that way. And for us to continue in these sins, we all can be repent, be forgiven. We can be delivered. Um, I know we're at the top of the hour. Can you extend maybe five or ten more minutes? That's fine. Shannon. Okay, because I want to do an mm-hmm. altar call here before we go, and you give out some okay, information good. on your ministry. George, um, let me go back to homosexuality for a moment. Okay, in your experience, what is the main open door that causes people to fall into this lifestyle? Is it rejection? Is it uh, abuse? Um, Is it exposure to pornography? What would be some of the open doors that we need to look for? I would think, I would say generational curses, uh, shame, rejection, trauma, especially lack of same-sex bonding with the parent. Yes. Although, although a lot of gay men had really mean, horrible, abusive mothers, so they hate women, so they went gay, or you know the females maybe they've been sexually abused by a father or a male relative or their mothers were also cruel and demanding and and not loving and they have issues with their mother um the other part or aspect of this shannon is that a lot of these kids who feel like outcasts in the school you know the lgbt community gets it right and that they will take every mutt outcast misfit loser geek whatever they will say, come on in. And when people who are looking for a sense of community go in under this LGBT umbrella and they feel welcomed and you're so brave and stunning, I don't think a lot of these people are really gay, lesbian, or trans. They are just indoctrinated. They are so desperately looking for a place to belong, and they get sucked up into that community. Yes. Whereas the Christian community, when you walk in and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm hurting. I'm going through this. You're, you're castigated. You're talked about. You're told you're not wanted. Come back when you're perfect. And that's what disgusts me about the Christian community as a whole. Not all, not all, but there are so many judgmental people out there who can't even get their heads out of their rear ends to stop for just a moment. And look at what Jesus, how he dealt with that woman at the well and that woman who was caught in adultery. He didn't mistreat them or belittle them. He called out the sin, go and sin no more, but he still treated with them re- with respect yes. like they were human beings and that they mattered. And I don't know, understand how these Christians sit in these churches. And when people like me are walking into churches looking so desperately to escape a lifestyle that had me in bondage and you're rejected, they don't know how to deal with you. They want to rail against the homosexuals, but they don't want to do a thing to lift a finger to try to help them. And that's why so many fall back into that lifestyle because they are lonely. They are so desperately looking for a connection. And those of us who walk out of that life, we lose our LGBT friends because they don't want to hear anything about God or Christianity. They hate Christians. And so we're left on this narrow road. And it takes a strong person to do it. And I've only been able to walk this journey by the grace of God because the fallout was swift and quick when I released my book. But I am looking at the eternal picture, not the worldly pleasures i am focused on the fact that 
Shannon, I just want my LGBT friends to know hell is real. And this is an abomination. You cannot go down this path. And if the Christians aren't bold enough to tell you, I pray that you will listen to people like me and Shannon and so many others who are trying to sound the alarm. Hell is real, and we love you enough and care enough about you to where we want you to know that freedom can be found in Christ. And let him take you and use you. He will fill the void. He will give you a purpose in life. Everything does not revolve around sex and our sexuality. Come to know Christ today, please powerful testimony brother listen you have a powerful calling of God on your life and uh, I thank you for speaking the truth because there's many people that are going to be saved through your testimony and come to Christ and then help others folks we all need help listen there's not one sin worse than the other they're all on that list you can read it for yourself it'll send you to hell as quick as the other And we need to get off our high horses and stop pointing fingers at each other and realize we're all in this together. A war with Satan who wants every last one of us dead. And so this is a time to come together and love one another, speak the truth in love, and begin to do what the church has been called to do. Set the captives free. Preach the truth. Win souls for Jesus. And um, if there's someone out there tuning in today who says... um, I haven't read your book. Where can I get it? And also, in addition to that, they would like to reach out and make contact with you. Is there a way they can do that and support your work? Yes, my website again is George Carneal, C-A-R-N as in Nancy, E-A-L dot com. They'll find more information about the book. It's also available on Amazon and other places. My website has that information, and there is an email address on there. So feel free to email me and reach out if you are struggling or if you have questions. And I want the LGBT community who's listening to this to know this much. We may say some things that are very strong. They may be hard for you to digest because you've been programmed and lied to by the activists, by media, by by Hollywood and the liberal theologians. But if God was okay with it, he wouldn't be pulling people like me and so many others out of that life. And we are simply just trying to sound the alarm. I actually care about you because I care about my LGBT friends and I so desperately want them to know Jesus. And I just ask you to please put your feelings aside, get the chip off your shoulder and just simply listen to us, hear our stories, read the book, whatever it is, and then go before the Lord and just say, God, I may not know the truth. I may not understand all of this, but if you will help me to understand, if you will help me to know the truth, I would love to know Jesus as my Savior and have a relationship with you, but help me. And that's what God is there for. He will help you. He loves you. He's your biggest ally. And if you think the LGBT community cares about you, simply go on Facebook or some social media outlet outlet that is pro-LGBT. And even if you have to use a fake account and just say to them, I'm going to leave this life. It's an abomination. I'm going to follow Christ. Um, I think this is what makes me will make me happy, and I'm, I want to surrender my life to the Lord and do what's right and see if they support you. They will turn on you so fast and call you every name in the book. They're not going to thank you for your time you spent in the LGBT lifestyle. I certainly didn't get a thank you card, a fruit basket, flowers, or anything else. I spent 25 years in the cause, and once I left it, I was now seen as Judas. 
I'm a self-loathing, mentally ill homosexual, and I was told to go kill myself. That's the loving, tolerant, inclusive, caring, respectful LGBT community for you. You will either adhere and follow their rules and and toe the line, and you will think like they think. And if you dare to have a mind of your own and think for yourself and step out of line, you'll see just how quickly they will turn on you. God is your only ally. Absolutely. Come to Jesus today. You'll get some of that uh, from the church too. Um, Yes, absolutely. uh, George, I want you to give an altar call tonight. If there's someone out there who's tuning in, live or will listen to the archive in all likelihood and they are convicted right now that they cannot continue in this lifestyle anymore and they want to be free they don't want to end up like friends who have died what can they do to be saved tonight because the word of God is clear all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God there's not one righteous no not one we all need a savior we need forgiveness Uh, George uh, you want to give the plan of salvation Yes, I would just simply say to them, you must realize that you are a sinner. And God is not saying that to make us feel bad. It's just the truth. He's holy. We are not holy. And the sin debt is so serious to God that it cost him the life of his son. That's how much he hates sin. But he made a way for us to still have a relationship with him. And that was by what Jesus did on the cross for us. He simply said, I will go to the cross. I will shed my blood. I will be crucified. And I will cover the sin debt of the whole world. And the way that you can have that forgiveness and that salvation is by believing on the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross. He is the only way to God. You cannot bypass Jesus and get to God. So if you are praying to God and you don't know Jesus, it's not that God can't answer you, but you're pretty much wasting your time. It was a heavy price of what Jesus did on the cross at Calvary, but If you will accept Jesus as your Savior, what God will do now is, is whereas before he couldn't look at you because of your sin, it's, it's wickedness to him, but now he will see you as he sees his own son. And because Jesus is holy, righteous, clean, pure, spotless, blameless, that's how he now sees us. And that's why people like Shannon and I, even with all of our own faults and sins and failures, we can boldly approach the throne of God because of the way God now sees us, and he sees us in his son Christ. It is all because of Jesus. We cannot work to earn our salvation. You can sit in church your whole life and say you're a good person. You will still die and go to hell if you've never admitted, I am a sinner in need of a Savior and accepted Jesus into your life. And 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 told him, I want you to be my personal Savior. So we just ask you to sit down and read God's word, get the truth for yourself, and if you want to come to know Jesus as your Savior, I, I'm going to read a prayer if that's okay with oh, you, yes, Shannon. Please. And, and I would just say to these individuals, if you are feeling convicted and you want to get things right at this very moment, all you have to do is just be sincere. Just humble yourself and say, God, I hear what's being said, and I know I'm a sinner, and I fail you, and I fall short. And I want to live for you, and I don't want to die and go to hell. And I'm going to trust you and believe in the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I want to accept Jesus as my Savior. And if you can humble yourself, and you truly mean it when you say this prayer, and you can go back and listen to this broadcast and say it again if you want, but God knows the heart. Don't think you can just say this as fire insurance against hell. But if 
you are sincere and you are remorseful about your sin, it means to repent. That means we stop doing it. Let's pick up our cross, and no matter how hard life gets, stay focused on the eternal reward because Jesus promises he is returning soon, and he's going to take his children out of here, and we have an eternity with him in his heavenly home. And you don't want to miss that for eternity, this wonderful place over a 30-minute romp in the sack and doing this sinful, wicked, ungodly, filthy, perverted stuff for a momentary bit of pleasure, but an eternity in hell where God makes it clear. Because God and Jesus both speak on hell more than they speak on heaven. That is how real this place is. But it's a place where there is suffering and torment, darkness, flames, heat. And that's because you, God didn't create it for you. He created hell for Satan and his angels. But those who reject and spurn what Jesus did on the cross for you, you will pay your sin debt. So today the issue is, are you going to pay your sin debt in, for eternity in hell, or are you going to put all of that on Jesus and let him pay that sin debt for you and you give your life to Christ? Either way, that sin debt is going to be paid because God hates sin, and it must be dealt with. It's not worth it. So if you are at this place of where you want to give your life to Christ, don't delay because tomorrow is not promised for any of us. Just like in Israel, people got up one day, and how many thousands are dead right now because of this war? Nothing is guaranteed. People die of heart attacks, car accidents, murder, anything can happen. We must never take for granted that we have tomorrow. So do it right now, and you can change the eternal destination of your soul at this very moment. If you'll just bow your heads and humble yourself and just repeat after me, and I will say it slowly, you can ask God and Jesus into your heart at this very moment. Heavenly Father, I come before you and I confess that I am a sinner and have sinned against you. I'm asking you for for your forgiveness. I believe that Christ died for my sins, was buried, and rose again as the scripture teaches. It is written in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. Right now, I choose to receive Christ as my Savior. I claim your promise. I confess that Jesus is Lord. I renounce my past life and worldly living. I renounce all other gods. I renounce all other paths. I renounce all ties to Satan and ask that you close the door to any of his devices and cover me in the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Father God, take my life and give me the strength to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Folks, if you pray that prayer, you mean business with the Lord. He will come in to your life and change you radically. He can put you back together like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall, fell into a, broke into 10,000 pieces. He can put it all back perfectly. He can renew your mind. He can heal and deliver you, and He will write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He gives you and I a fresh start. All we got to do is call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Ask Him to come in, forgive you of your sins, as Brother George said, and He will do exactly that and save and heal you. Heal me. I want to thank you, George, for coming on tonight, man. We love you, brother. This is a powerful testimony. Thank you, sir that you have and it's going to help set many free if ever it was needed it's needed now 
because everywhere we look, people are battling. And the enemy is on the war path. He's trying to take him as young as he can. That if the Lord were to tarry, and he's got this generation, well, the battle's lost if he can get them all. That's his plan. Yeah. Get them small. And so uh, we got to really uh, be on the lookout, protect it, the children, where we can, what they're watching, what they're listening to. They're indoctrinating kids, turning them into liberals in the universities, twisting their minds. Um, and this is, was a plan that the Russians had decades ago. There's interviews with G. Edward Griffith and a, uh, a Russian colonel said, we're going to attack you through the educational system. In fact, it's already started, he said. And um, this was in the 80s that this interview was done. Um, how the enemy, the communists would come in and infiltrate with twisted doctrine in the schools. And they've done that. They've had a long time to pull this on America. And it's real late in the game now, folks. I was listening the other day in closing. uh, I think his name is Joel Richardson. Um, He's written some good books, and he was talking about the coming tribulation. And they were on the subject of things that happened these last days. He said, if I heard him correctly, he said, me and two of my friends. We all have a child that is struggling with this. It's everywhere you look. Folks, what has happened? The church has fallen down on the job is what has happened. And they're not doing deliverance. Uh, They're trying to tell you that every day is going to be a Friday. Folks, every day the enemy is on the warpath. Coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And we're off in a long, long land thinking that there's not a problem here. I'm here to tell you it's time to wake up. The battle's upon us. And uh, the enemy means business. Thank God, though, for Jesus. There's hope tonight. And thank you for your message, which brings hope to many who have no hope out there right now. And uh, once again, I encourage everybody to get that book. Uh, George, what's the best place to order it? Can they go to your website? They can go to my website, and they'll see various places where you can order it. I think it's at Barnes & Noble and Amazon and a couple of other places. And even if people are listening worldwide, I also have links to various places with bookstores and other places worldwide. So hopefully uh, they can find what they need and, and get it. Give the website out again. Spell it's it. George Carneal, C-A-R-N as in Nancy, E-A-L.com. And God, I just I plead with all of you who don't know Jesus as your Savior, please take this seriously. What at the end of the day, God and Satan are battling for your soul. That's how important you are to them, and they are both fighting it out. But you have free will, and God can't make you come to Him, and Satan can't make keep you from coming to Jesus. But you have to make that decision, and they are both battling in the spirit realm. This is a battle for your soul. Take it seriously powerful testimony tonight uh, folks I encourage you to support the ministry of Brother George and um, I want to thank you for coming on and we'll get you back on again real soon George God bless you my friend thank you for coming on today thank you Shannon have a good day take care brother bye